Out to Orban, another stop by Hewitt. Unbelievable save by Matt Hewitt. He just keeps making highlight reel stops. Hey everybody, we're back. It's Jacob, Eric, Jake, and Liz here coming at you guys from UBC's Point Grey campus, broadcasting from the unceded and ancestral grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to CITR 101.9 with this week's edition of Thunderbird Eye. Always keeping you up to date on the latest UBC sports news, standings, and stories. This past weekend, the Thunderbirds could not stop winning. On Friday and Saturday, all official Thunderbirds sports on schedule won every game they played. That's four hockey games, four basketball games, three women's rugby sevens tournament matchups, one men's field hockey game, and a men's rugby match. 13 games in two days. Not too shabby, UBC. And Friday night as well was the Hockey Winter Classic where 5,500 fans packed the stands and set a new crowd record for a men's hockey game at Doug Mitchell Sports Center. The luck didn't go all the way through the weekend as on Sunday women's rugby did drop their three matches, but overall a very winning weekend for the Thunderbirds. Yeah, great weekend for UBC Sports starting off with the basketball uh, the women's side continued their strong start to the new year, taking both games against the McEwen Griffins, stretching their winning streak to four games in January. The first match on Friday was a 64-39 to UBC victory in a game that was even less close than that final score might indicate. And it was the Thunderbirds' defense that was a the story. They held the Griffins to just five points in the first, 11 points in the second, and just six points in the third Incredible defensive performance. Madison Penn scored 21 points on 8 of 12 shooting to go along with 7 rebounds, while Keelan Filowich added 11 points and 8 rebounds. And given that this game was a blowout from the first quarter on, some different players got a chance to shine and have a bit of extended run in this one. Dana Pierce and Dina Strugich both scored their season highs in this game. Pierce put up 8 points, 5 rebounds, and 3 assists, while Strugich recorded 6 points and 4 rebounds. And though this was a blow, the Thunderbirds didn't actually shoot incredibly well. Only 39% from the field, but that said, they held McEwen to just 24% shooting and out-rebounded the Griffins 56-40, to including 22 offensive rebounds. And while the game on Saturday was tougher, Thunderbirds managed to grind out the win 58-52 to in the end. This was a rough game offensively for both sides. Neither team reached the 20-point mark in any of the four quarters, and the Thunderbirds entered the fourth down three before outscoring the Griffins 18-9 in the final frame. Penn was the only Thunderbird who scored in double figures with 15 points and 10 rebounds. Felowich put up 9 points and 7 rebounds, and Dana Pierce recorded a season high for the second game in a row, scoring 9 points, 6 of them in the fourth, including a big go-ahead three with just 2.5 minutes left, gave the Thunderbirds a lead, which they didn't relinquish. It was only her second three-pointer of the season, and again, it was a strong defense that propelled the Thunderbirds to the win. McEwen did shoot well in the first half, but UBC forced 21 turnovers and shut the Griffins down when it mattered in crunch time, grabbing their fourth straight win. Big game on defense, uh, for sure, both games over the past weekend. And it was great to see them grab a couple wins. Biggest weaknesses, still scoring depth in that three-point shooting. Uh, as well as free throw, they did show a bit of life in those two areas over the past weekend. I mean, a little bit. They shot 25 uh, for 39 from the free throw line, which isn't great, honestly, but it's an improvement. Certainly, uh, 63% is better than their average season, or season average, rather, of 60%. Um, And obviously that really bad uh, last weekend where they 
didn't shoot above 50% from the line. Um, but their defense is keeping them in it. They have the fifth-best defense in Canada West. They're only allowing 65 points a game. If they can keep that up, they'll have a decent shot in the playoffs. And I think limiting the McEwen Griffins to five points in the first quarter yeah. and then six in the third in that first game, that's that's crazy defense out of a team who I think some, some of the other Canada West teams may underestimate. Yeah, now we can also see a good player coming out from that game. Uh, like Pierce led by far her best weekend of the season, scoring a combined 17 points after scoring a combined 19 points the entire season leading up to those games. She's still a first-year player, but any scoring help will be gladly welcomed by this team, which still struggles to score a kind of little bit. We did have a chance to catch up with Dana Pierce after her breakout weekend performance. Let's listen in to what she said. victory tonight but you've now won four straight to start the new year what's been the key for this turnaround um well we had a really we worked really hard in december to get better from the first half of the season and um we went to cuba which was a really good you know getaway for us to improve our game and i think you know last weekend we definitely showed it and last night and tonight we had a little it was a rough game but we still came through with the win which is good it shows our hard work from december you guys had some struggles offensively tonight, but found a way to get enough buckets late to win this one. To what do you credit that offensive and mental toughness in the clutch? I think that we all just, we all wanted to win. and We had to just uh, bring our best game as we could, even with the, you know, the tight score. So, I don't know, I think our shots were falling good for us at one point. So, yeah, it was just good for us. Uh, with only four games left in the regular season, you guys are right in the playoff mix but haven't quite clinched a spot yet. How will you make sure you keep your momentum going these last two weeks to make sure you continue playing into the postseason? Um, I think we'll definitely use you know this game tonight to you know tell ourselves that we are better than how we played tonight and you know push ourselves to complete the next four games and come through with the win. I think the courtside game is going to be a good uh, motivator for us as there will be a lot of fans here supporting us so yeah okay thank you congratulations again that was dana pierce first year for the ubc women's basketball team so moving on to the men's side now they bounced back after their overtime loss to lethbridge a couple weeks ago sweeping the griffins to improve their record to 13 and 3 they won comfortably in the first match on friday final score 96 to 72 McEwen actually had a one-point lead after the first in this one, but UBC outscored them 27-10 to in the second. Never look back. Luka Zaharievic was unstoppable as he put in his best performance of the season, recording 22 points on 10 of 16 shooting to go along with 11 rebounds, both of which are season highs. Connor Morgan had a somewhat subdued night, only taking nine shots, but still managed to put up 20 points, seven rebounds, four assists, and a solid all-around performance. Taylor Brown dropped four three-pointers on route to a 14-point night, and Mason Bourset also had his best performance of the season as he recorded 13 points, 10 rebounds, five assists, and zero turnovers. I love how a subdued night for Connor Morgan <laughs> is 20 points, seven rebounds, and four assists. For anyone else around the league, that's standout, if not uh, season record performance. Yeah, only nine shots still get 20 points. He just always finds a way to score a bunch, <laughs> no matter what happens. And on Saturday, Thunderbirds continue to roll, using a dominant third quarter to sweep the Griffins. 
Again, it was close early on. UBC was only up one after the first and only up six at halftime, but they outscored the Griffins 32-19 to in the third quarter to take this one. Connor Morgan led the way, 19.6 rebounds, while Taylor Brown scored 16 points on 6 of 11, six of 11 shooting, pardon me, hitting four threes in back-to-back games. Phil Jalopur and Grant Shepard each scored 13, with Jalopur adding eight rebounds and Shepard pulling down six. And this was a much-needed performance from Shepard, who scored in double figures for the first time in eight games. The Thunder And the Thunderbirds as a whole really played a clean game in this one. Turnovers has been a weakness for them this year, but they did a very good job of limiting that, committing a season-low eight in this one. The Thunderbirds men's basketball team now won 11 of their last 12, mm-hmm. and not too many glaring concerns. Phil Jalalpur, this new year hasn't been the best for him. He struggled a bit only shooting 39% so far in January, uh, just below average for most of the league. But for him, that's it's quite a bit under. Uh, and behind the arc, he's 2 for 24. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but like the, you, you said they've won 11 of their last 12. They don't want to be too you know hard on them. Uh, he's contributing in other ways. He's got uh, 6.5 rebounds a game, 3 assists a game during this you know cold stretch for Jalapur. But yeah, ideally they would want him to find his scoring touch in the playoffs, um, which the Thunderbirds have clinched their spot, so congratulations to them. Uh, They're assured top four seed and a bye to the Canada West quarterfinals. They still are holding that number one offense spot in the country, and it will probably not be likely that they will get that um, number one spot, though, for the Canada West. Um, Above them are the Golden Bears, who are 15-1, and and they have this huge defensive like powerhouse of a team and it'll be a big clash up uh between them and UBC if if they end up facing each other in the playoffs yeah should be very exciting if that happens and just a quick side note looking ahead to this summer uh basketball BC has announced that Kevin Hansen Thunderbirds coach will be coaching the BC U17 provincial team at this summer's national championships so congratulations for to him and best of luck to him and the BC squad this summer with 30 points over the past weekend, Taylor Brown put up quite the performance, clutch shooting, uh, especially from beyond the arc, and he's been a nice addition to this UBC Thunderbird offense. Here's what Brown had to say about his personal and team performance over the past weekend. So you've now won 11 of your last 12, firmly entrenched as one of the top teams in the conference. What's been the key for you guys during this very strong run? Uh, just make sure we stay engaged, uh, staying focused, and making sure we know what our goal goal is, right, to uh, get to the Canada West Championship. So we're always thinking about that and going down the stretch. You know, we had a couple losses early, but, you know, we're peaking right now, and I feel like it's a great time to peak because near the end. So You had a very strong weekend, hitting four threes both yesterday and tonight. How have you felt about your own performance both this weekend and this season so far? I think it's about time. You know, I mean, I've been, uh, you know, struggling a little bit early on, um, but I think I, you know, maturing at the right time and I peaked at the right time and I feel like it, it can only get better from here. So I'm glad it's coming right now. So. And with the playoffs just a few weeks away, it might be easy to start looking ahead to the postseason already. How will you try and make sure you keep your foot in the gas and not lose your momentum in these last few games of the regular season? Well, you know what? A lot of us have been here before, right? We've uh, been in my first year. We've been in Nationals. We still have those guys with us that's been there. So we know what it is. We just got to make sure we, we keep grinding and we get the, uh, the young guys engaged. And we're going to make it there. And we just got to focus. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. That was Taylor Brown of the men's basketball team. Yeah, looking at the hockey, uh, the Winter Classic was this last Friday. It was an excellent game. You know, huge turnout. First ever sellout for UBC men's hockey in the new building. 
It um, came close last year. It came close last year, but this was the first ever total sellout. Um, 5,500-plus fans in attendance for this game, uh, which was a huge game. It was an important game because there's a potential playoff spot on the line there between Lethbridge and UBC. So it was going to be tight. It was going to be, you know, hotly contested. Uh, UBC got the scoring underway in the Winter Classic with a goal from leading scorer Austin Vetterl, uh, which got the crowd rocking. And then just before the end of the first, um, Brooks Maxwell tied the goal, tied the game on a deflection by a shot from his cousin, Mitchell Maxwell, whose shot was set up by Mitch's brother, Russell Maxwell. The Maxwell Trio. The Maxwell Trio. <laughs> uh, nephews, actually, of retired NHL of Brian Maxwell, um, who actually grew up in Lethbridge. So cool to see his, his, uh, his nephews playing for um, University of Lethbridge now. Um, that uh, Maxwell family tradition goal would be the only one scored by uh, allowed by Matt Hewitt and the UBC defense. Less than a minute into the final frame, Tyler Sandu scored a little bit of a wild one. Uh, he ripped a shot that bounced wide off the end boards, but into the back of Lethbridge goalie Garrett Hewson and into the net. That stroke of luck would prove to be the game winner, but not with an absolutely insane toe save from Matt Hewitt. And that's what we... Uh Heard a little bit of earlier. No, in actually, the show. that's that's because he's he's made a couple of those saves this weekend. That was actually uh, one of the from the Saturday game. I think he needs to be on Sports Center. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, let's let's get. He's Matt been Hewitt amazing. On. He's been he, what a season, and he's always been great. Like he's been with this team for a bunch of years now. But like he's been excellent for UBC. Um, definitely one of the one of the key pieces to their team's success for sure. Um, the Thunderbirds sort of needed a wade to ride. Uh, the gift of an extra four points over the break sort of launched them into a playoff spot, and that was sort of the beginning. But I think this Winter Classic and this, you know, the energy that was in the building um, might sort of propel them towards maybe a better finish to the season and maybe success in the playoffs as well. I think it felt like an NHL game in there just it because did. the amount of uh, yeah. fans in the crowd, and, and that probably, like you said, gave them a big win, which we kind of saw Saturday uh, a bit of. Um, they moved a bit backwards in certain certain categories. Yeah, well, I mean, they had a strong start on Saturday, um, but it was sort of all pronghorns in the um, after the like the, the first few minutes of the first period were pretty strong, but then after that, it was just all Lethbridge. Uh, Brandon Close went high glove side on Hewitt to give the Thunderbirds the lead in the last few minutes of the opening frame. In the second period, Hewitt made a few more spectacular saves. He had he had about like eight or ten like highlight reel saves, not just regular saves. <laughs> I'm telling you, Sports Center, watch saves. out! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hewitt's coming. <laughs> Um, Matt Revel took advantage of a 2-1-1 with Carter Popoff to tie the game before Mitchell Maxwell, Mitchell Maxwell back at it again, uh, netting a second point of the game after a nice move in front of the crease. Chase Clayton exhibited excellent forechecking skills with a few minutes remaining in the second. Beautiful wraparound. Um, a badly timed penalty allowed the Pronghorns to take their third lead of the game a few minutes into the third, and it seemed like that would be the decider. But with just 32 seconds remaining in regulation, Matt Revel again, his second of the night, to send it to overtime. Uh, in in overtime, again, Matt Hewitt saved the game with a huge glove save, which was the audio we heard earlier. Um, he, was, he was down on his back. He sort of just threw his hand up into the air, hoping that it would hit the puck, and it sort of knocked it away. It was an amazing save. Definitely a save of the year candidate. Uh, it allowed Nick Buonacici to go back the other way and score the winner in double overtime to lift the Thunderbirds over the Pronghorns and sweep the season series. So in summary, it seems like we're going to have a Matt Hewitt statue around UBC campus sometime oh, yeah. soon. Of course. <laughs> um, but, yeah, cra- crazy weekend for Hewitt and four-game win streak for this men's hockey team. They've won five of their last six, and their two games, uh, or rather, their two wins this past weekend put them up to fourth place, and they're just one point behind Manitoba now for third, where before 2018, <laughs> we, thought we were questioning whether they make even the playoffs. We thought they were done. I didn't think they would make the playoffs at all. Hey, an accident with a... Uh, not an accident, but a, a mix-up uh, with the Calgary Dinos yeah. really screwed him over. And 
pushed UBC and gave them gave them a momentum boost too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it definitely seemed like they were dead in the water, but the Calgary situation plus a renewed uh, defensive intensity has really Thank propelled goodness. them so far. But that said, they did have a bit of a lapse on Saturday. After only allowing 27 shots of the Winter Classic, they allowed 47 on Saturday, their second highest of the season. But thankfully, Matt Hewitt, an unrested Matt Hewitt, was there to bail them out. He only allowed three goals, got them to overtime, where they managed to scrape out the win. But hopefully, that's just a blip, and what we'll see going forward is what we've seen over the last like five or six games before that. I think I think they're back to to this is what I thought the team was going to be at the beginning of the season and I think they're sort of back to it now. The Thunderbirds are in fourth place. They have a 10-point lead on the team that is the, like the first place team or the first team outside looking in, which is University of Calgary. Um so they haven't officially clinched but honestly the Calgary Dinos are not going to make up a 10-point lead this late in the season so they're pretty much clinched. And for this uh T-Bird team, Rebels been great as uh, as of late, import uh most importantly in the clutch. And Bonacici, he's found a li- bit of a goal-scoring touch as of late when he's usually someone uh, to be the setup man. Yeah, usually a playmaker, but uh, getting some goal-scoring uh, as of late. Uh, the Thunderbirds will host Saskatchewan this weekend. They're both tied for the longest active win streak in Canada West at four games. On Friday night, only one will remain. Uh, the Thunderbird women's team has also been on a roll as of late. Uh, they took a trip to Lethbridge this week. They were top of the conference and had won four straight, and they look to make it six straight this weekend against the last-place team in Canada West. But it wasn't really the cakewalk they expected. UBC jumped out to an early lead with an Ireland Pirate goal, which was the only marker of period one before Lethbridge answered back with two in the second from Mackenzie Gow and Kyra Grieg. Top scorer Hannah Clayton Carroll added a goal to send the game to overtime, which resolved nothing, and Matea Fisher scored the only goal in the shootout to win the game. Sunday's game saw a return to the solid defensive clinical play we've gotten used to from UBC women's hockey. Cassandra Vilgrain, the hero of last weekend, scored the lone goal in an otherwise uneventful first. Lethbridge first year, Ali Boro did the same for the Pronghorns in the second. Both UBC goaltender Amelia Bone and Uleth netminder Alicia Anderson played lights-out hockey, and it seemed like UBC was headed for another overtime. But a goal from stay-at-home defensive-minded defender Alexa Ranahan, with two two minutes to go, uh, won the game for UBC. It was her first of the year, just her seventh of her university career. Um, She's had a really interesting career, but we don't get to talk about stay-at-home defensemen that much. Uh, she used to play for Ohio State. She captained Ohio State, um, and uh, she actually won gold with Team Canada at the 2013 Under-18 World Championships. She added a Canada West gold to her career last season and will be hunting for another one this string, st- spring. She's a great story and a huge underrated part of this team. Similar to the men's team, Matea Fisher pulling a bit of a Bonacici, or I guess the other way around, where both of them usually playmakers but have been scoring in the past few weeks. Yeah, uh, one issue possibly we've seen with this team is that they've struggled to beat the opposite opposition that's hovering around the bottom of the standings while really getting up and putting in great performances against some of the best teams in the conference it's a little bit concerning that they haven't been able to get themselves fully motivated fully going against lower tier opposition but that said they managed to get both wins and you'd hope they'd be playing at their highest level in the playoffs yeah, for sure. Uh, penalties, still an issue, not as bad as last week, but they still took nine penalties over the two games. Um, but, I mean, that's been an issue all season, and they've been doing excellent, so maybe they shouldn't change anything. Maybe they should just keep working with what works. And, I mean, Saturday's game was an excellent defensive performance, as we've seen. Uh, Friday, they actually weren't that great defensively, which is kind of rare. Um, they allowed lots of screens, lots of uh, hard, uh, high-danger shots, but they tightened up on Saturday, and that's sort of what we've been used to seeing from them. 25 shots. That's great. Keep the defense right there. Yeah, definitely. We are going to take a quick break for, break for ads, and we will be right back. 
skin. This is my shimmering life prize. All I must do is create a diversion. What could distract people who love sports? Sports. 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 Do you find sports distracting? Feel the need to chant sports for hours on end? Then come on by the CITR station at the new sub to get involved. We do play-by-play, color commentary, audio production, interviews, and so much more. Only on CITR 101.9 FM. <laughs> we got a theory. You're listening to CITR 101.9 FM Vancouver. Hello and welcome back. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye. Liz, and want to tell us a little bit about this new Hall of Fame class for UBC. Yeah, last week, the UBC Thunderbirds Department of Athletes announced the 2018 class of inductees to the UBC Sports Hall of Fame. Started in 1993, the Hall of Fame has embraced many athletes, coaches, and people involved in organizing athlete programs to commemorate their contribution to the community and university. So this year, there are four inductees nominated. Two of them are associated with the Women's View Hockey Program, Jim Forrest, who is a member and a supporter of the program, and Harsh Kenji, who was the head coach of the team from 1992 to 2014. The other two are Dale Oman, a former UBC athlete and head coach of the men's volleyball program from 1971 to 1973, and Michael McDowell from the ice hockey team. The inductees will attend the 2018 Big Block Awards and Hall of Fame dinner on Wednesday, April 4th to receive their honor. Gene Forrest, all-star field hockey player uh, for UBC back in the 80s, and not only did she lead that 1982-83 team to the national championship, but she was also named onto the All-Canadian team that year. And in total, she won. Uh, she was on the national team for three years during her career. Yeah, and the um, the men's uh, or the women's field hockey coach uh, Harsh Kanji, who um, coached uh, women's field hockey here at the school for twenty one years. UBC sort of has a tendency to long tenures for coaches. And that field hockey team, that women's field hockey team, it's, been, a, it's like a dynasty. They've for the last been 50 so amazing years. for so long. I mean, you look at back. Hey, in his in his twenty one year career, uh, the women's field hockey team won fourteen Canada West championships and ten national championships. <laughs> Talk about Canadian dominance in yeah, a sport. Yeah, of course, and they're still amazing to this day. Obviously, not with Harsh Kanji anymore, but um, still being amazing. Uh, he's been named U Sports Coach of the Year three times. He's had a he had a really excellent career for this team. Yeah, and speaking of the long coaching tenors, Dale Oman coached the UBC men's volleyball team for twenty five years, and before that. He was one of the players who made history for the UBC volleyball team as part of the 1966-1967 team, which won the Canada West title, went on to become the first volleyball team to win the CIAU, now U Sports, national championship. And they also traveled to Tokyo to represent Canada at the 1967 World Student Games, rich legacy for him as well. And lastly, McDowell played on the UBC 62-63 hockey team. They won UBC's... UBC's first Canada West title in men's hockey, in men's ice hockey history, and as well, he he represented for Canada in the Olympic Games back in '64. Wow. And lastly, this week we saw a women's rugby seven tournament where they traveled to the University of Alberta to take part in the annual uh, Canada West rugby tournament. During Saturday, on the first day of play, Thunderbirds and the Victoria Vikes took control with three wins three wins apiece uh, during the tournament. The Saturday sweep was critical for the birds whose mediocre season record of 5 and 7 seemed to be overcome during the beginning of tournament play and highlighting the promise of this UBC Women's Rugby 7s program. Starting off Sunday, the birds and Vikes went head to head and it was tied 7-7. However, the Vikes put up one more try before half and two more afterwards and UBC simply couldn't keep up. 
after getting beat 29-12 against the Lethbridge Longhorns in the following game, Birds were slated to take on Calgary for the third-place game. Bronze medal game against against Calgary looked to be in UBC's favor until the final seconds, Brianne Morgan of the Dinos put down a final try, and the convert by Berlin Selzja put the nail in the coffin. Unfortunately, no hardware for the T-Birds after an incredible Saturday performance. They will look to bounce back from the tournament in their game against the Fraser Valley Cascades on the 10th and 11th of February. Yeah, very tough to go out like that, a very strong Saturday. But hopefully they'll be able to get back on track against Fraser Valley, who they did beat early in this year, 22-12. to 12. Hopefully get back on track then. Yeah. Um, looking ahead, uh, we actually don't have any volleyball to bring you this week because uh, volleyball has their bye week right now. Um, but what we do have is uh, women's ice hockey visiting Saskatchewan, uh, women's basketball visiting UBCO, um, uh, women's volleyball at, uh, or rather hosting Brandon, and uh, the same games in the, the men's respects um, for those sports as well. There's a track meet on Saturday at the University of Washington, um, men's field hockey and men's rugby on Saturday as well, as well as the second half of both of the series, or all three of the series mentioned on Friday. Looking ahead at the um, power rankings in U-sports, men's swimming, women's swimming, still dominant, still first place in the entire country. Women's volleyball, still dominant, as well as men's first and second, respectively. And men's basketball hovering around the sort of six area, still a force to be reckoned with, for sure. It will be interesting to see how our sports do in the upcoming week. Volleyball back on tap, and as well, basketball. In a couple weeks from now, we'll be back with uh, CITR on air, and we'll have a live game for you guys. But for now, thank you all so much for tuning in to CITR 101.9. The upcoming show will be Shoes on a Wire, which is back on air and still hosted by the lovely Madeline Taylor. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jacob, Eric, Jake, and Liz. Tune in next Thursday from 3.30 to 4, and have a great rest of your day.